When exploring the Hall Mills murder case, of course the primary focus is on Edward and Eleanor. But the cuts run much deeper than just the two of them. Thou Shalt Not explores the perspectives of the women that history often boxes in, misinterprets, or flat out ignores. The show plays off an idea that the trial and case was a circus. Circus. Class. Thrilling. Salacious. One hell of a ride. Blatant. Lies. Despicable. Scandalous. Whore. Sexism. It isn't a ghost story, it's a human story. Hello, I'm J.M. Meyer. Last year, my theater partnership, Thinkery and Verse, began collaborating with the Church of St. John the Evangelist, the home parish of the minister and the choir singer, to present Thou Shalt Not, a resurrection of the infamous Hall Mills double homicide. We're going to bring back the play, but as part of our preparation, we're going over the material, the evidence, with you, our listeners, with That's How the Story Goes, the Hall Mills Murders podcast. In 1922, this little church had shot to fame. Sadly for double homicide, yes, that is a shame. The rector was a naughty cad, married the richest woman in town. But he also licked soprano toes and a little more up and down. Yes, that's how the story goes. That's how the story goes. My name is Karen Alvarado. I am the co-artistic director of Thinkery in Verse, and I am currently inside the Church of St. John the Evangelist, 189 George Street. It is Wednesday, July 15th. Around 5.30 p.m. And the church hasn't had parishioners in here since March when the COVID pandemic hit. And I am here today because with my son, Mateo, who found a monkey in a barrel. Good job. Go, now go find some more. Go to the kids' room. Find some more. And he's running off back to the daycare room inside St. John's. Um, we're here today because we're actually next door, the rector's house. Uh, we're turning it into artist housing. And we're doing a walkthrough with a few local artists. So that's very exciting. But I decided to come over here to let Mateo play in the kids' room and to take in the beauty that is St. John's probably even more beautiful <laughs> now that I haven't been in here for a few months. It makes me appreciate the time that we, we were here. Um, Mateo was baptized here and actually I'm right in front of the altar where he was baptized. It's uh, a big white marble basin with a huge wooden um, cross-shaped lock on top and then wrought iron handle and wrought iron nails. It, it looks uh, very polished and archaic, and it says baptism on the side with, oh, one Lord on the other side and one faith on the other side. Um, it's a bit haunting in here right now, it being so empty. 
But yes, this is where Matteo was baptized. And ever since he, would, he was baptized here at about three weeks old, uh, we started becoming parishioners and uh, they welcomed us in. They found out we were artists. They let us do plays here and develop plays here, even though we perform all over the world. And it's been wonderful. And uh, that's when we did Thou Shalt Not last year. We were going to do it again this year and then COVID, blah, blah, blah. But right now, I am just taking in the empty chapel. I've walked down the aisle from where the baptism altar is. And now I am standing next to the pulpit in the center. And behind me are the choir stalls and the big Eucharist altar and the organ. And in front of me are all the pews facing me. And it's a small church. There's only two rows of pews. Let's see, three, six, nine, twelve. Twelve rows on one side and about ten rows on the other side. And there's a huge stained glass window uh, directly in front of me above the baptism um, altar. And it says in memoriam and then it says Carpenter, September 22nd, 1882. Carpenters were and still are a pretty prominent name in this town. And you can see that they have been for quite a long time. Yes, you can take off your shoes, bud. You need help? And that is it for now, folks. We are in the kids' room. Mateo is rummaging through crayons and attempting to color. And I'm lying on the floor looking up. Uh, the ceiling is white tiled. And there's crown molding along the edges of the walls. And you can see the original window sills. Window sills, not window seals, right, Johnny Meyer? And uh, they are oval. I mean, there are arced, arched, um, making it look very old-timey. And there's actually a few cracks coming out of uh, the windows, um, just attesting to the age of the building, really. And um, this room probably had a good old makeover in the 1960s, I would say, and it really hasn't changed much, which is fine because, you know, kids aren't picky and... Uh, Mateo has pretty much grown up in this room with his Sunday school. But uh, I wonder what this room was originally used for in the 1920s. Um, because it opens up, I mean, it's attached to a bathroom. And then one door opens up to the hall um, leading to the uh, office. And whatever the room is uh, right off of the main altar in the chapel where the priest prepares and there's a sink and stuff and then there's another door 
from this room that goes into the church kitchen, which is a pretty large kitchen. And right off of the kitchen is the big old assembly hall where we've done our shows and we have our rehearsals and all the church events happen. And I have seen pictures in the 1920s of in that assembly hall, uh, just rows and rows of um, little blonde hair, blue eyed kids, I assuming here for Sunday school, which is kind of arresting because that's not necessarily the demographic of the people that come to this church now. And it's definitely not the same numbers of the people that come to this church now. Now, the numbers are have dwindled. And it's a, it's a pretty um, ethnically and culturally diverse group now. And I think that's, that's wonderful, honestly. It's, it's quite welcoming and inclusive of all, of all types of people. And that is Mateo playing on his xylophone. But I believe this room uh, was probably used as for either Sunday school or I believe I read somewhere that it was used for the, the women of the congregation when they would meet. And I believe they would have a lot of their choir rehearsals in here as well. To be honest, I've never felt anything but positive energy in here. walking through the choir stalls, sitting in the choir stalls directly. And I'm sitting in the spot where I think Eleanor, Eleanor Mills would have sat and sang. The reason I think this is because it is halfway between the main altar at the tip of the church and halfway between the midpoint of the church, which is where the uh, I can't remember the name, what is it? Podium. The actual church uh, <laughs> lingo escapes me at this moment, but the priest podium where Reverend Hall would have made all of his sermons. So sitting here, all she has to do is shift her eyes right to see him blessing the bread and wine or left to see him perfectly speaking to the entire congregation. If she turns her head all the way left, she can see the entire congregation. 
but if there are people sitting next to her, uh, other choir members, they can't necessarily see her. And the way it is in Episcopal Church is that the choir stalls, there's two mommy, sections of mama, them. Mommy. Yes? You can, you can walk around if you'd like. You can't have anything. You can just walk around. There are two sections of choir stalls, and they're both facing each other. So if she looks straight forward, she would see her other choir members looking back at her. So they were probably very aware of where her eyes and her attention was constantly. From this position, she sees everything she needs to see, but probably the most judgmental people in the congregation are also seeing her. That's not a couch. So Mateo is to my right, and um, these are, there is a step up to the main altar, and before that is um, almost like a small wooden gate. And in front of that is a couch, it's not a couch cushion, it's a kneeling pad. No, a couch. He seems to think it's a couch. <laughs> um, but that's actually where in the Episcopal Church you go and you kneel. Um, you come up row by row and you actually walk up and you kneel, everybody kneels and the priest goes by and gives you the Eucharist. That is the, the altar, baby. Can I see? Yes, you can. You step up there and then you walk up there. Go for it. You can do it. You need, are you saying you need help? Yeah, I need help. Well, you're a big boy. I think you can do it on your own, but I will help you. Hey, where'd you get those pens? Uh, Mateo took the pens from the choir stalls where I guess the choir members take notes on their sheet music. Okay, so now uh, at the child's behest, we have walked up to the altar, and there's a couple of, of steps to get all the way up to this huge wooden altar that looks super old. It's very well maintained. It's very ornate. Um, it's made out of wood. There are Christian carvings all over of it. All over it. And there is an oval um, ceiling above us. It's, it's arched. What's in the church? And there are saints uh, painted on the stucco walls. And there are saints in the stained glass windows uh, surrounding this altar. No, 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 come back. And Mateo is apparently enjoying being up here. No, 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 let's not touch that, thank you. And there, uh, another uh, pretty stark thing about this church is that the floor is completely covered in dark red carpet. And I don't know if that would have been the same in the 1920s. <laughs> don't be scared, baby. Shh, shh, shh. Uh, 
but yes, every inch of the chapel is covered in dark red carpet. <laughs> um, short carpet, mind you, but it, it is there. And, and so uh, it's just very dramatic looking. And of course, it reminds you of blood. And I like it out. Another thing. Um, I get out. There is a red. I'll get, I'll get out. None of the lights are on. Get out. I want to get out. Okay. I'm going to put the baby back in the kids' room. Now we are uh, leaving the altar in the chapel, and I'm taking two steps down, and now we are in uh, the utility room where the priest gets prepared, and there are choir robes and booklets and a sink and all the things I suppose a priest would need. And um, to my left is the infamous office, the priest's office, where Eleanor apparently left some notes for Edward, and maybe vice versa. And then uh, you walk down the, the little hall, and then again on the left is the kids' room. The last thing I was... No, it's too spicy, baby. Okay. It's Pika. You don't. There's. That's it. You wait your snack. The last thing I was going to mention about in. No, no, come, come. Are you going to play or not? The last thing I was going to mention about inside the chapel was that the uh, the all the lights are off, so and it's very still, and probably the only thing you can hear is some of the air coming up through the floorboards. Mateo wants pancakes. Uh, the only light in there is the light coming through the stained glass windows, as well as one red glowing light in the altar area itself. And apparently that's supposed to represent the Holy Spirit always being alive within the church. I wonder what else is alive in this church. When exploring the Hall Mills murder case, of course, the primary focus is on Edward and Eleanor, but the cuts run much deeper than just the two of them. Thou Shalt Not explores the perspectives of the women that history often boxes in, misinterprets, or flat out ignores. The show plays off an idea that the trial and case was a circus. Circus. Class. Thrilling. Salacious. Salacious. One hell of a ride. Blatant. Lies. Despicable. Scandalous. Scandalous. Whore. Sexism. It isn't a ghost story. It's a human story. That's how the story goes. If you've enjoyed this Thinkery Inverse production, then check out some of Thinkery Inverse's other audio experiences. If the Hall Mills murders are what keeps bringing you back, then you'll love Ghost Hunt, a geocaching radio play adventure all about the Hall Mills story. And if another podcast is what you're after, then give a listen to Decameron 2020, a podcast composed of readings from and discussions about the Decameron and modern-day artists' interpretations and experiences in relation to the text. You can find all of these projects and more on the Thinkery and Verse website, thinkeryandverse.org.